This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Gardy Broder. Uh, sometimes she goes and sometimes she doesn't. That's the way she goes. Eh? <laughs> Don't cry, Darty. Don't cry. It's okay. We're still in the playoffs, and Tampa still has a 1-9 and, or sorry, now a 2-9 and 1 record against teams that are playoff bound, so it'll be the okay. The record is basically what, our score backwards, or what is it? <laughs> yeah, this was a rough one. I mean, it started off fine, but oh my god, did this get out of hand, both uh, scoreboard and on the ice antics. Holy moly, what a game. Yeah. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe. I'm joined by the whole crew, Beaner, Sadie, Darty Broder, and Steph, the fanalist. Whole gang again. Whoop, whoop. It's actually uh, an episode of Leafs Late Late Night, considering they started at 8 p.m. Uh, wow. Like, I had so much time to get ready for this game. Did you guys? Uh... No, I was working, and I got to work again tomorrow early. It's going to suck. Mm. I hate these late games. Yeah, but, you know, had had high hopes coming into tonight, especially Vassy, you know, only two regulation wins in the last nine games to start. But Tampa kind of rubbed it into beginning in that warm up song by Drake back to back. Did you guys notice that? Just to rub it. Yeah, in. rubbing it in was uh, kind of their motto tonight. eh? Mm hmm. Yeah, John Cooper very happy Matthews didn't play with his comment from earlier. Could give him a right-handed stick and he'd still score, but we definitely missed him tonight. Yeah, please. please. I know he's resting. I know these games don't really mean anything, but with the chance to clinch home ice in round one, like you really you wanted this one, especially after how we slapped Tampa last time. You really wanted this one. Oh, well. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. Let's jump into it. First period, uh, no score, but we had some penalties. Once again, the Toronto Maple Leafs take a too many men on the ice. It's been a while. I'll give them that. It has been a while, but we are still leading the league in taking this penalty. I think we need to change it to too many buds on the ice, all right? Because it's... (laughs) I've always said too many Leafs on the ice every time they get it. (laughs) At, at least this one was legit. It wasn't one of those chintzy ones where they're just getting off the ice. Like they, they had six on the ice for quite a while. That's worse for the Leafs. Well, it, at least it, that's worse. It, at least it warrants the call, though. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, the Leafs just have to remember when it's even strength. It's only Mumbo number five. It's never Mumbo number four, <laughs> number six, number seven. Mumbo number five. Okay, guys, take note. I know this one was a little sloppy, but 14 bench or minor penalties leading the league, like you said, Roscoe. Ugh. The trumpet. It's it's kind of funny. If you look at the first period of this game, it was 0-0, and there were three minor penalties. There is no way in hell you could have predicted the next two periods with just that in a vacuum yeah oh boy yeah a lot of things not called uh if we're just speaking about the first period alone on that toronto power play um bunting who had a nice chance fassy through the legs the puck's kind of trickling sergachev with a save but right after sucker punches bunting like five or six times to the back of the head things just went downhill from there yeah Yeah, and besides the too many men on the ice, what was really unfortunate was, I mean, Hedman draws the, uh, or takes the the hooking call on Clifford, who was probably the only useful thing he did tonight, unfortunately. Um, But the Leafs were not able to get anything set up on this power play that headed into the second period. And it just really, like you said, that, that, if anything, it went downhill from there. Yeah, I got to give it to the Leafs, though. If their best period was the first period, I thought they started the game pretty solid. Uh, Shalgren was super calm in net to start, especially a couple two-on-ones with Kucherov and Stamkos just coming your way, you know. And I thought Brody had a really good first period. He broke up a rush on a nice poke chat. I think it was on Kucherov. He blocked a parry shot on a break while the Leafs 
were caught on a change. He had a sliding block on a Kucherov pass. I mean, this guy was all over the place. And another guy, Marner, four shots to end the first period. And it was looking good. You know, tied game. I thought they had a chance, you know. But, yeah, just downhill. Yeah, Leafs finishing the first period with 15 shots. You thought, you know, the next one's got to go in. Like, we're, we're getting there. We're going to break through Vasilevsky and... Uh, with the streak he'd been on i thought that i thought we were gonna get there but no he managed to hold on through everything made some lucky saves made some good saves just uh yeah back on his game tonight yeah so uh like i said leafs head into the second period on the power play and nothing comes of it and almost immediately after alex glorin opens the scoring with his 24th of the season i should have picked him up i should have picked him up (laughs) i had him earlier in the year i dropped him i should have grabbed him again yeah, Tampa kind of took notes from the first period and realized that straight shots on net were not getting by Shalgren. They went the tipping route, and I think the majority of their goals tonight were all tips that went by Shalgren. But, yeah, yeah. they just kind of collected together, I guess, in the intermission and went full force against the Leafs. Yeah, and... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Sethi. Yeah, they were... They were a much different team coming out for the second. Like they were really, really wheeling. The Leafs were definitely on their heels. You could tell they were pushing the Leafs to the outside of all the plays, and that didn't really change. Yeah, the and I just wanted to add game. to the first period. Sorry, I I missed this. Was that uh, Lilligren did hobble to the bench, and we were worried about him for a hot sack, but he did make his way back. Thankfully, we did not lose him. Mm-hmm. It, it looked like there. he took that shot to the chest. So I don't know if it it winded him or. That could be it then. Yeah, I missed what happened to him. I only caught on the broadcast what uh, was going on. I thought it went off the skate, and that's why I was chatting with a few people about skate block. You know, the the blockers on the skate. You... Kerfoot took one off the skate. Yeah, yeah. Kerfoot. Yeah, so did uh, yeah, and I was that wondering one, Belmar too. Was that the skate or was that the side of the knee? But I'm shocked. Oh, you're right. That was not... the knee. You know, we don't see these blockers on the skates very often in the league. And I would assume they would be used, you know, almost at least half of your skating roster would have them on, especially if you're on the PK or, you know, in those defensive roles. But eh. a lot of players talk about how it's an adjustment to get used to skating with them on. Okay. Like if you're if you're turning or if you're trying to dangle in and out and your skates are crossing over a lot they can actually get tangled mm. i've never used them i've never worn them i don't know from experience but i've heard a lot of players say that that's yeah. a fair point fair enough okay. um my my namesake boy ross colton picking up the next goal here open it with uh this was another tip wasn't it, it was uh yep. paul's shot and colton colton manages to tip it in to nothing tampa at this point, I was like, okay, we can still come back. Two tips, two lucky goals here. Leafs are still, like, we can still manage this one. Uh, Penalty-wise, this is, yeah, this is still before mm-hmm. everything starts. Yeah. Uh, Blackwell tried to get the stick, but unfortunately, his stick only aided Ross Colton's stick on that shot that went right in the net. Um, Shalgren got a little confused there. This is where I was like, hmm. Like, it was still okay, you know, but... Um, this is when the Leafs started, you know, not having their guy, uh, Riley was taken down along the boards. I thought that would be a penalty. And of course it's not called and leading to a goal. We were just pissed. Like the refs, the refs, this game just inexcusable. Yeah. And it's just after this goal where everything starts to go to shit and you could see they were even showing the intermission between the first and second. I was watching the ESPN broadcast because regional blackouts, everybody. Shout out to NHL 66. I would rather pay for that than my <laughs> sports package at this point. Yeah. So, um, Sponsoring where was I? <laughs> so they were showing uh, they had Leah Hextall at, down at the glass in between where Maroon and Simmons were sitting. And they were yelling at each other at the end of the first and uh, Simmons w- or Maroon was talking about, you know, back to back and how he's got three cups in a row, yada, 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 first round, bunch of stuff like that. So um, you could tell that everything's heating up at that point. And through the rest of the first 10 minutes of the second, 
it starts to escalate more. And we've seen a couple games already in the, since the GM meeting, and we, we pointed this out, where Simmons and somebody else have both been sat for 10 minutes for a misconduct just to avoid the escalation and avoid more of this happening. Why at this point did that not happen? Because this is where everything started to get to the tipping point, And this is where the refs need to try to take control of the game. And they lost it. Mm-hmm. These are already Way bogus refs though. Like, can we not agree that there was some, there was some obvious, um, like, I don't know, homerism or something going on here. Cause it, it just seemed like, like we couldn't get a call for a while there. Graham Skilleter. <laughs> no, like we don't have refs like this playing for our side when we're home. Then like, like how we, how do we expect to win? This kind of this is bullshit from the from the beginning, especially when these non calls lead to goals because or it gets called the other way or it just it's always against the Leafs in some sort of way and it like this is why I've been picking on the power play lately because tonight Tampa scored four out of five power plays. This was make or break. Um, it could be make or break for any team on special teams, right? And I don't know, even though this game kind of you want to just throw away the tape and move on, we have to focus on these little things, unfortunately. It sucks to say, but. I mean, yeah, that is a good point that Tampa was able to convert on the power play a lot tonight. It is worth mentioning the Leafs are without Matthews and with him, they have the number one power play in the league and uh, Tampa's got the 16th best power play in the league at 21% before tonight. So they're not really known for being as dangerous on the power play as the Leafs are but that could also be um a factor of how many chances the Leafs get versus Tampa so also anybody can be this dangerous when they have this many chances like look at the that San Jose versus Vegas game in the playoffs right like you just hit the refs just handed the game away to the San Jose so like it's kind of why I kind of got some very similar vibes here yeah and I mean just between from 12 minutes to 16 minutes so in the span of what's that? Three thirty. In the span of about three and a half minutes, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight minor penalties. I've never seen that before. Not since the uh, I shouldn't say never. Not since that time when Ottawa and Montreal had that bench clearing brawl, and there was like nobody left on either bench, mm-hmm. and that was in the playoffs. Yeah, all of those penalties led to three goals in three minutes and thirty seconds as well. So. It's just unfortunate. It's unfair, especially if you bet on the game. Sports gamblers, you know, like we see these these things and we don't want to bet on the game because it, it's never by the book or played a certain way. And even during our intermission, the panel just went on about how it's going to be, you know, 10 times more physical during the playoffs. Why are we allowing you know, this game to get so out of hand during playoffs when beginning of the year, like we said a while ago, you literally call every little thing. It's just unfair. You want to train these guys a certain way how to play? Then be consistent. (laughs) Yeah, and there was nothing. I mean, the worst one I saw called in this period was where they call Steven Stamkos for tripping on Kerfoot and as he's going down, his stick hits Stamkos in the face. Like, I get you're supposed to be in control of your stick, but if you have the whole point of the tripping call is that you have been put out of control of your movement by somebody else. That is why it's a penalty. So how, while you're falling, does your stick clipping the person who tripped you result in an, uh, whatever it is, a incidental penalty? Or Well, it's such a gray area, too. Like, you look at when... Um... Was it Kerfoot? No, when Blackwell was down on the ice and McDonough was trying to pass the puck and just smacked Blackwell right in the face with his mm-hmm. stick. Like, yeah. yes, they could deem that a follow through. So that's why they wouldn't call it a penalty. But it, it it's such a gray area. And we've talked about it before, how the league tries to get rid of any type of gray area that they can to try and make it as black as white as possible because it's just going to cause issues with the refs. The other one I want to touch on here in the second period is... Kucherov's goal uh, that made it four nothing. I to I forget whose point it was. Uh, it might have been David Alter that I get it's four nothing, but they should have challenged this one because there's no way that Campbell could have or sorry Shalgren could have gotten to the puck. Like 
that was blatant goaltender interference. It wasn't that he got knocked off, but when the goal was scored, there was a Tampa Bay Lightning player in the crease between him and where the puck was. He could not get there. I totally agree. I seriously thought this would have been challenged. Uh, They took a pretty long time, you know, reviewing the play, and it was evident to me. You had Camp and Hall in the crease along with Kalorn between them, and Shulgren kind of got spun around in a sense as well. Like, there was clearly interference, and I don't know what Keith was thinking. Obviously, they have their reasons, but hey, at that point, there's not much to lose, if anything at all. So I definitely would have challenged that. Yeah, especially with the amount of penalties that were already going on. I mean, the whole team's in the box. What do you, what do you <laughs> got to lose at that point? If you can if you can maybe save it from getting out of hand at 4 nothing and get it back to 3 nothing, why not go for it, honestly? I, I think ultimately they saw the Leaf players in the crease and said, okay, yeah, the Tampa player would have prevented Shalgren from getting back into position. But then Tampa can turn around and challenge the call if it got overturned by saying, hey, the Leafs were there too. Um, Fair. And I, I get what you're saying, though. I probably still would have challenged it because at that point, when you're not even attempting to challenge it, it kind of is when you saw the team not necessarily give up, but they didn't. They weren't into the game. They weren't invested anymore. Exactly, because that sends the message to the team that you're like, it's it's over at this point. Like, I'm not going to waste a challenge on this. So the team just went, all right, let's pack it in. Well, like, onto the conversely, next one on like the Washington. John Cooper at the end was still fucking advocating for his penalties in an 8-1 game. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, it, you can have it, but, you, yeah. you know, you, there's two sides to every coin, right? Like, who, which coach? He is a lawyer, <laughs> though. Yeah, he's also crying too oh, at the he? end of the game. It's like, it's 8-1. Just yeah. get out of there, you butt. <laughs> so uh moving on to the third period we've got andre palat with another tip in from uh, steven stamkos one thing from that second though before we move on we gotta oh, go on. touch on this uh geo sorelli Kalorn, jt bunting madonna hagel brawl whatever you want to call it Gio did not budge. Sorelli was all over him like a little monkey. And Gio just stood his ground and gave him a couple good shots. Uh, Really appreciated Lily trying to pull back Hagel there. And Kalorin was just trying to rush on in. And JT's guarding him off. Same with Bunting. But the one thing that got me that Mike tweeted about as well was Nylander just watching from afar. Not having his boys back when your captain has three guys on him. You know, like that really bothers me. It's too common. It's not the first time. It's not the last time. And like if you're going to have a goatee, then you better get out there and beat the shit out of somebody like you're a biker <laughs> at a strip club on a Saturday night. All right, Willie? I hope you're listening. I hope someone gets this to him. You wear a goatee, then you better get out there on the ice in a freaking Harley Davidson Sportster and a half of a baseball bat with a nail through it and bash (laughs) someone's head in. That is unacceptable, okay? Because look, if you're in a game where a hooking call is called on Kyle Clifford by Victor Hedman and not the other way around, you know it's going to be a gong show. So get out there. This is the one time where you could probably throw some fucking hands and get away with it and not deal with a sussy because literally Kyle Clifford bonked what's his nets parry on the head with his stick he gets one game who's 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 crying all right like that's what i'm saying that's how much of a gong show of a game this was like like we had said that giant fucking snafu with uh Tavares getting uh you know arm around his neck by hagel and then and then moments later you got pat, fat pat and wayne simmons literally wayne simmons who is like an the guy is a twig like the more like i love how he's a fighter and i know he's a fighter's whole life but he's literally like you know 150 pounds soaking wet compared to like the 220 pound guys he goes after 52 pounds lighter than Maroon. oh my god but back to the point willie's got to actually like he can't just at least like you know he's not a small guy and he's not like a soft sweet either like he looks like he's got some some size on him too especially after the past couple of uh months i've seen that he just seems like he's look, grown a lot get out there and just you know advocate you're not he's not going to get thrown around like troy terry He's not that kind of guy. He, I no. think he just needs to stick his stick his face in there a little bit more. At the very least, because, like, you know, you, you upset your boys. Like, you just, I'm pretty sure didn't, uh, like, didn't someone call them soft or something during the game? 
No, that was uh, Spezza talking to either the refs or even Tampa. Okay, I thought someone was calling the Leafs soft. I heard that. I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah, I guess, guess they're kind of soft. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, uh, the lady on the ice, what was her name again? I totally just had a brain fart. It was uh, Leah Hextall. Asked Simmons if he was soft. Like, straight up. Oh, yeah, because... That's because Mar- that was the what I was talking about earlier. She was between him and Maroon in the benches there, and Maroon kept calling him soft. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was the whole thing. He's like, you're fucking soft. That's what I thought. Sorry, that's and, what I, th- I remember hearing something like that, yeah. So she was just, like, kind of inciting the violence between the two of them, honestly. They were, on the ESPN broadcast, they were calling her a fight promoter. Yeah. Missed opportunity, in my opinion, to have that mini interview with, with Simmons. Come on, girl. Like, I don't know. That was a stupid question to me, but... Hey, it <laughs> did its job because they almost went yeah, at it, it again. Kind of funny. But yeah, uh, thank you, Steve Dangle, for that tweet because the last fight was 58 pound difference uh, against the Islanders there. And then this fight with Simmons, 52 pound difference. So damn, this guy, he's, he's not scared. <laughs> so uh, I just have to shout out while we're here, Bobby Ghosh just sent us. The uh, deserve to deserve to win a meter does have the game as even. Learn it, love it, live it. <laughs> I told you it's bogus. <laughs> and uh, when you read up how it works, it's actually not that bogus. And like if you look at some of the the other stats, expected goals in all situations for both teams, Tampa had four point six two, and Toronto had four point five one. So it's it's not like it was the score makes it look a hell of a lot worse than it was. Yes, it wasn't a fun game to watch. It I can guarantee you it wasn't a fun game to play for the Leafs. But a couple of those bounces go the other way. We get one or two more saves and it's a hell of a different game. And five power play goals against is crazy. Yeah. Graham Skillitter. Yeah. That's what I mean. So Andre Palat scores, and then immediately after that, we've got Michael Bunting taking an elbowing call on Anthony Sorelli, who was uh, kind of the target of the Leafs, which was what was pissing off the muscle of Tampa. So Tampa goes to the power play, and Alex Killorn picks up a second of the night. It's now 6 nothing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I Also, uh, Steven Stamkos is the uh, point leader for all time on Tampa. Congrats turned Marty St. Louis into uh, some guy who coaches Montreal for half a season while they suck. Congratulations. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. He only needed a point. It wasn't even like a goal that he needed. Parents in the stands. Um, you know, it it was guaranteed. But at the same time, the thing that pissed me off about the play was that so many power plays for both sides. Tampa, the one rule when facing Tampa is not to leave Stamkos or Kucherov wide fucking open on either side standing on both dots and of course are they known for slap shots Stamkos is known for the slap shot on the left dot I, I didn't know Stammer, Stammer. I, I didn't know well you... <laughs> it... yeah yeah exactly like, how did they leave him there that's what I mean the sa- same way Ovechkin's been left there for 780 yeah. goals <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say that's fair but uh, I honestly thought this would be a a power play for Toronto, but Bunting got the elbowing call. Uh, I don't know how. This is just another, like, what the fuck moment because you clearly see Bunting get cross-checked to the face and the back, and and then the Leafs get called. But Yep. But was not uh, the... End of the night for the Leafs as Cal Foot takes two minutes for holding Jason Spezza. And Ilya Mikheyev is finally able to uh, end the suffering <laughs> and make it at least six to one on a play from Spezza and Gio. This is not like an important... This is 19th of the season. Good for this him. It's not like an important thing to note, though, is that Vasilevsky throughout all this didn't get the shutout. That's all I care about. No shutout for you. Yeah. I'm so happy about this McKay of gold just because on the same shift, he got robbed by Vasilevsky and the puck, you know, the net was pretty open, but of course, McKay of shoots it anywhere but the net, but straight up his pad hole <laughs> and it gets stuck. No one knows where the puck is, but Too hot yeah. for radio pad hole, the pad hole. but uh, yeah, glad he got that one back. 
Yeah, one shy of 20, which as we talked about could equal, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars difference for his uh, his payday in the offseason. So things are looking up for Mr. Mikheyev. Yeah. Sneaky snake. Sneaky snake. Sneaky snake. Super Cobra. All right. So things get a little hairy again here in the third period. As seven minutes in, we've got uh, Nick Paul taking... 10-minute misconduct, as well as Colin Blackwell, and Sorelli picking up two minutes for roughing Morgan Riley. Things getting worse. Yeah, just out of hand. And guys are just trying at this point to take shots at anyone. I mean, we saw Kerfoot try and run a guy over. Blackwell just gave no shits at that point. Um, Then we had Clifford and Perry go at it. So... I guess it was a good idea to play Simmons, Spezza, and Clifford on the fourth line for this game. I mean, I guess like Clifford wasn't that useful. It's almost like these are the situations where he's supposed to be used. Right. And I found him almost more of a liability, like taking dumb penalties instead of good ones. Yeah. You know, like he wasn't, he wasn't shutting things down. He was just, I don't know. Like I said, just taking dumb penalties. I mean, we'll get to the big one. That stuff's supposed to come secondary after a good hockey play, but I don't understand why the Leafs were acting so tough after being down 4 nothing, and they weren't really doing that at the beginning of the game. That's the one thing that kind of upset me. And as for that Clifford play, it looked like he was trying to night parry there. There was like three <laughs> guys between him, and he's just tapping him on the shoulders. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> a minute after we had two 10-minute misconducts handed out, we've got... Kyle Clifford, two minutes on uh, misconduct on Corey Perry for stabbing him in the face with a stick or bonk him on the head, however you want to look at it. Uh, Jan Ruda picks up roughing on Kyle Clifford. Morgan Riley, two minutes on Ross Colton. Corey Perry, two minutes roughing on Kyle Clifford. Kyle Clifford, 10-minute misconduct on Corey Perry. So, okay, penalty box is, as they said on the ESPN broadcast, standing room only. <laughs> Clifford actually got a match penalty on... Perry for that stick incident, which requires the refs to do a report on the game sheet as it gets entered. So it's pretty much guaranteed at least one game for that one. Oh yeah, we can guarantee that, but it's kind of a stupid thing of everything in this game to take a suspension for considering, I mean, Simmons left his feet for a hit. We had a couple dirty ones from Tampa too, and just this little bonk Kutrov on the head. kicked Marner in the knee. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. this was just because like this is a dumb penalty. I mean, he was holding the stick from the wrong end and just bonks him on the head with it. Like dumb, dumb penalty, dumb suspension. He knows better. Everyone knows better. Even if you don't even how to know how to play hockey, you know not to whack your stick on a guy's head who's not wearing a helmet. Uh, do we need to implement the stop sign behind the back again? <laughs> like, I don't know. It was just embarrassing to watch a professional hockey player do something like that, especially a veteran like Clifford. But Yeah, yeah, there was like three people between him and Perry as well. It's not like he's going to initiate a fight by doing that. It was just a completely, like you said, bonehead play. Yeah, you know what? If you gave and, if you gave uh, me a hundred thousand universes, and and there was one of them where he didn't do that, I'd still pick all ninety nine 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 thousand because you know what? Fuck Corey Perry, and he hit him <laughs> in the head right where he hit Tavares. So I'm not over it. You know, see you in hell, bud. Like I'm sorry, but he's a, he's kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> Justice. Yeah, no, I'm not advocating for not hitting Corey Perry over the head with. Your it was stick, a light tap. Like it doesn't even like time and place. Like. It's, like it's, it's not like Troy Terry's face where we have to like wonder if the guy needs plastic surgery afterwards. Like it's like, he's literally, I say he's just dubbing him on the head. Like, Hey bud, I don't give a shit. Like, and who's actually crying if we lose, like if it was Kerfoot or it was Mikheyev that got this. Okay. That's actually pretty stupid, but it's Clifford who we really don't even want playing next game anyways. So that's like fair. he just did us a huge solid. The only thing that I would advocate more is like, I was mentioning this, previously and i don't like you know i don't necessarily like playing dirty but sometimes when you're losing 8-1 i don't care anymore so i would have rather him run vasilevsky and that be his sussy because (laughs) we're probably going to have like every team has run jack at this point right so like in my head i'm like whatever if that's what every team is going to do to us then i'm sorry but I i don't you know i know it's uh try to be better than your opponent i don't i don't really care about that 
run Vasilevsky because we're going to need to, <laughs> we're going to need to beat him. And it's one goal we got on him after all of this, just one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I usually and, and I... go ahead. No, no, no. Finish it. I usually don't <clears throat> agree with that, but honestly, Darty, I totally agree with you here. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> mind if the boys went bowling tonight, <laughs> especially a guy like Clifford just running through the net, you know, wobbly on his feet big man kind of like ah, it happened and you can kind of look the other way but you you want to win fair as well and not be that dirty team whose goal is to take out other players but it's it's hard when other teams are always going down that route or you know manipulating the salary cap or taking out superstars a game before the playoffs start like, and if there was a game to do it, this is the game, right? This is the one game you could get away with it because it's absolute gong show. If it was a game where everybody's kind of playing fair and then all of a sudden, like, oh, you just knocked out the Tampa Bay goaltender or some something like that. Like, yeah, it would look really awful. But considering what was going on in this game, like there's a lot worse. Than, you know, there's so much there's so, so many stories in this, right? Like what you were talking about the second, we're still on the third. Like we should already be, you know, talking about stuff around the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's funny that you guys mentioned that because it's almost like the same thing that we mentioned when um, Tom Wilson went through Campbell. It's like, you know, if we took that opportunity, I think it was you, Darty, that said, if I had the opportunity to do that, you know, you you take them out. Like if you have the excuse to, well, I mean, he pushed me into him. You just follow through with it because you if you can take a star out from the other team before you go to the playoffs, fuck it, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't advocate for hurting people, but it's like, you know, but hockey is a game. If this is where the game's at, it's hockey. I was gonna say hockey right? is a game where you get hurt no matter what. Like you you <laughs> you can just skate and fall over and get hurt. Like <laughs> it's just one of those games. Yep. So uh let's finish this off. Ross Colton picks up a power play goal, so does Pat Maroon. Of course Pat Maroon has to score tonight because he's being such a it's like anyone who's been chirping the leaves all night always gets the last goal. Like Tom Wilson got the last one from that Washington game too. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, no one had big rigged rig scoring tonight. I bet the odds were like plus ten thousand on him scoring a goal, especially the eighth goal of the night. So it's yeah. Yeah, I think it was his first in twenty seven or twenty eight. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's only got ten on the season. And hopefully, he's last. So uh, 67 penalty minutes for Toronto, 49 for Tampa. First time Tampa scores eight goals. First time Leafs let in eight goals. Uh, surprisingly, faceoffs were even, 33-32, and shots were even, 37-36. So uh, that kind of goes to back up the deserve to win a meter being even. So I guess that leads us to the last thing to talk about on the game, which is Eric Schalgren. And how confident are we with this as the backup heading into round one? Mm-hmm. How many of eight can you fault him for? I mean, like Beaner said, expected was four. So that means that Vassie stole three from the Leafs and Shalgren gave up an extra four that he shouldn't have. Yeah. and Which we, we've already touched on. Sorry, Steph. Oh, um, we've already touched on how after Keefe didn't challenge that goal, how the team kind of just sort of packed it in, right? So... It, it, it could go any way. Once it started getting carried away, I don't blame anything on Shalgren at that point. It's basically just get out of the game without getting injured. Which is the, the reason they didn't put Jack in, obviously, right? They did, it's like, this game is a write-off. There's no point in trying to salvage anything here. My fantasy team thanks you for not doing that as well. <laughs> yeah, it it just goes back to the first period. I think the first period is more like Shalgren and what we've seen of him uh, as of late. Uh, the second and third period, you can just throw right in the garbage because the play in front did not help at all. Uh, Hulk just, you know, the list is so long, the horrible plays he made alongside others. Um, now there's call out there. Brody and Hall split them up. Um, it's just... Yeah, that wasn't a good combo. Yeah. Terrible. And, Terrible uh, combo. 114 penalty minutes or 118, whatever the number is out there. Just brutal. Like you said, Darty in our group chat, 100 too many. Um, there's no chance for Shalgren in the second and third. They, the tips, I mean, half of them are luck if you save them. Um, the other half, it's guys having 
guy's stick and being positionally sound and ready for that play because even in the first Marner was all there but then on that uh, Stamkos goal he kind of just watched that Kucherov pass straight on Stamkos stick he didn't have Stamkos whatsoever so it's just these little things we need to clean up and obviously scoring on the power play way more would have made this a super close game yep can't wait for Austin Matthews to come back. I got the resting him and it's just, you know, prepping for the playoffs. But uh, there are still fans watching. Uh, I get this was an away game, but uh, <laughs> yikes. This was not fun to watch for all those of us that have to uh, finish it. We can't turn it off after five like I wanted hey, to. Hey, folks, agree or disagree? Well, and uh, Beaner, you can answer this one first. Uh, if, it was, if this is a 4-1 game, are we putting the blame on Hall and Brody? Or... or, or um, Say because it's an eight-one game, we're just throwing it all in Shawgren. I think if this is a four-one game, we would like Hall and Brody would not be getting away with the murder that like this, they were they were they were terrible this game, absolute garbage. But r- really, kind of everybody was like I don't I don't blame this all on Shawgren at all. Um, and as much as I pimp him, I'll even come out and say Lily didn't have a great game tonight either. Yeah, Lubushkin like, didn't either. No. Yeah, it's it it happens, and it was kind of one of those games that was set up to go poorly. Tampa had just lost to the Red Wings of all teams on Tuesday. Toronto had just beat Philly, who is right down there at the bottom with the Red Wings. So it was set up to kind of be a long night. You go into the first intermission, and I bet you Cooper was just ripping the boys up one side and down the other. After losing to the Red Wings, you're going to go in not even get a goal in the first period. So I think that's one of the reasons you saw them come out so differently in the second. And I'm kind of okay with it. You don't get this big, massive victory right towards the end of the season to boost your confidence and make you go into the playoffs all cocky. And you face three of the toughest teams in the east right before the end of the end of the regular season so it shows you where you are and reinforces what you need to work on mm-hmm. fair enough yeah that's a good point because leafs are 11 one and one in the last 13 games um obviously the records speak for themselves but at the same time like i said about the power play and these positional plays we need to clean it up because Obviously, all the Leaf haters out there right now are completely on board with the first round exit and saying, you know, Leafs will be out in five or six games. I agree with Beaner. You know, we kind of needed this in a sense to have a little bit of a wake up call because I think if we won every single game going into the playoffs, it's like a guaranteed first game loss. I don't know. Like the Leafs need to clean it up and... Yeah, you're also never going to see 110 plus penalty minutes in a playoff game, though. Yeah. So this bullshit of five power play goals against is just not going to happen come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's just this is a dumb end of the regular season garbage time game. I just as much as I should be mad about this, it's like Beaner said, like I don't really care that much. It's frustrating because they could have clinched home. Um, I'm, I haven't been following. I don't know if Boston lost tonight too, but. Shut oh yeah, up. they lost. Yeah, they did. Oh, up, lovely, yeah. love it. So it. it would have been nice, but hey, whatever. Still ahead of Tampa. After this, playing the yeah. rat doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to questions because we're going over. Uh, let's start with Discord. Uh, first question is from Sarah, all the way from Australia. Question: How long will it take? the game reviewers to decide suspensions and penalties, etc., for all the game misconducts called this game. Uh, I'm sure we will hear tomorrow that at least Clifford is called for a hearing. I think Simmons might be called and Maroon might as well. Cause Simmons did leave his feet for a hit there. It didn't even get called, but I think they'll review it because they're probably going to look back on a lot of this game. There's, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there's more. There's a handful of things like foot, um, elbowed Kerfoot, like massive flying elbow into into the face and the, the hit towards the end of the game. That's what made Kerfoot lose his mind and go after him. Um, Drager, Darren Drager was even saying in the intermission that the punch to the back of Bunting's head is actually already wrote down for review. Mm. Whether anything comes of it, I doubt it because it, yes, we don't like it, but it wasn't overly forceful. Um, Clifford will definitely be reviewed. I 
think he'll definitely be suspended minimum one game. Does Bunting get um, uh, reviewed for or fined for throwing somebody's stick and glove, ripping it out of their hand and throwing it? Because I haven't seen that before. That was a little aggressive. I don't think so, because it was kind of in the moment. It's not like he went and picked it up off the ice and, and threw it. It kind of happened in the moment, so I don't think that will get anything. Um, I would kind of like it if Kucherov got at least a, a warning for trying to kick Marner in the knee, because as good of a player as he is, Kucherov is actually very dirty. Mm-hmm. Those dirty roosties. Oh, yeah. No, Sergachev's low-key dirty, too. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and Simmons flattened him. Yep. All right, second part of Sarah's question. Will baby goalie aka Prince Eric, be able to recover his confidence. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, this is a tough one, but Sadi? I think this touches on our subject earlier, too. Uh, I think there's problems with him in net. He's four games in a row now. He's given up four-plus goals. He always seems a bit small in net. He plays really deep. I find he's been having a bit of problems tracking pucks lately. And I feel like if these performances continue, you're going to have another problem where the Leafs don't really have confidence in their backup goalie. Because, I don't know, I really don't right now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's so sad to say because this guy is so calm, came into a tough situation with the Leafs, right? And he's played pretty well. A lot of the plays, I don't think, were his fault, but... Obviously, there's things to clean up. Tonight, for sure, the biggest thing is to track pucks on those tips. Uh, the Like I said earlier, the Lightning just took notes in the first period, period and decided to tip every single shot on net, and it worked. So good practice moving forward. I think he's fine. If the team is pumped he will be as well especially if they bounce back against florida um but yeah tonight you know mcdonough back in the net as well huge plus for tampa uh we haven't seen him the last two times we've played played them and he was a huge factor on the ice tonight but i feel like he just might have a confidence issue going forward too like he's really green in the nhl and coming to this beast that is like the maple leafs in the playoffs right now and everything that's happened in the last few years that's got to be really tough on like a rookie uh, tender. That's why I said tough yeah. situation coming, joining yeah. the team where he did. But yeah, it's. Well, let's yeah. hope. All right. So next question from Discord Abs says, uh, what does this game tell us about potential upcoming series against Tampa? Uh, it's going to be more rough than I think people imagined it would be. I think people usually credit Toronto and Tampa as being similar in play with Tampa just having a heavier uh, edge in goaltending. They have high-end scoring, but I don't think either team is really known for being nasty, but I think it's going to get real rough. Yeah, I think both teams kind of get away with, uh, you know, starting at a defensive-minded game, but they just let it get way too loose as the game goes on. It goes way too fast. It's just rush chance after rush chance exchanging back and forth, and then it's the battle between the power plays. So, gotta watch that. I don't think you can really take basically anything out of this game, aside from the fact that the two teams are actually very similarly matched, and it's going to be a heck of a series, because... Without Matthews on our side, without Muzzin on our side, if he can even come back. Because, like I said before, even the games that he has played since he initially came back from his injury, he looked great. Um, If you could get him back, if you can get Matthews back and get Campbell back, completely changes the dynamic of our team. And even on Tampa's side, they didn't have point. So that completely changes their center ice position when you take him out of there. Because he's been their number one center all season. So, yeah, as much as the Toronto media is going to paint it as this is going to be a one and done, you can't really take anything from this game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I can take one thing from this game, all right? And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna show you something that I can't really show. Maybe you can describe it to the fans. But here's a shot chart. I have uh, Mitch Marner, all his shots pulled up here. And I have Alex Kilhorn, Alex Kilhorn, all of his shots. You tell me what's wrong with this Frickin' picture. Mm-hmm. Where are Alex Kalorn's shots? 
you already know where where they are. Don't have to guess exactly. The guy, every single shot that Killorn has is within a foot of the goddamn net. Why are we letting these guys park their asses in front of Shalgren, all right? We can blame this entire game on Shalgren, but we've known this, and I've talked about this, about the Leafs and how they score. You're going to let the other team score the same way? Uh Uh-uh. Like, you need to do a goddamn better job of making sure these guys don't park their rears in your, you know... It's not free parking, all right? That should be a go-to-jail zone. You see someone there, you knock them the F out. That's unacceptable. Absolutely. Because Marner's working his ass off, trying to get in front of their net, doing his best. And Kalorn, who, you know, should have been public enemy number one, at you know, it's, it's, it's no different. If I look up Fat Pat as well, exact same spot too. So there's there's something wrong with that, that's one thing. If you want to take something away from this game, you got to make sure that never happens again. All right, because it's not Shalgren. You put for anybody in net. For reference to the listeners, the uh, shots from Mitch Marner come from all around the circles and outside of the, probably about five to six feet out of the net. He was not able to get close because uh, Tampa had it locked down. The Leafs did not. Yeah, you can't take that away from tonight. Darty's absolutely right. Like, you can't give Tampa Bay the middle of the ice like that because they've just got way too many weapons. But I think Beaner's right on. Like, you don't really take, other than what we just said, too much away from this game because none of these matchups are what's going to happen in the playoffs. There's so many players missing. We didn't have our starting tender. Um, Yeah, it's not really going to look anything like this. I'm sure it'll be high scoring in a rough affair, but not 118 penalty minutes and just the gong show. So, Kelly Cartel asks... Simmons is playing in the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I think he might play a couple. I don't think he's a lock for every game. I think it depends on how the series is going. I don't think he's a lock for game one. We'll see what the lineup's going to be like. But uh, I don't know. Abruzzese is probably going to be in there. But if they're, if whoever is filling that roster spot is going to be on the fourth line, in my opinion, it has to be Simmons. You shouldn't be putting um, Nikki Alphabet in there just to throw him on the fourth line in a, a potentially high-scoring, high-hit, high-intensity playoff game and have someone like Simmons sit. If it's between Nikki and Clifford, definitely Clifford sits. But if Simmons is good to go, I'd say put him in, especially if it's even a, a slight deterrent for guys to kind of watch it a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, This team is different. We've said it a million times. We'll say it again. Um, Just the mindset in general. And a huge thing today was that the optional skate had 100% participation. That tells you alone that the guys are all in and they know how important it is to get as much ice time as possible and get your reps in. Um, I think it's so important to get Simmers reps in as well. That's a guy who needs the reps. Same with Spezza. But I also think it's going to be on a rotational basis, and we'll see how many games Cliffy gets. Fair. All right, we got to move over to Twitter questions because we're almost uh, running out. Those of weren't time Twitter here. questions. Oh, those are those were just Discord. <laughs> we got a lot. This is like half the show now. It's just we, the fan base is growing. We're gonna have to get selective with these. So uh, Matt in Brampton, this is just a shout out, said uh, Twilight Zone game, eight to one and Hall's only a minus two. And I pointed out, uh, don't be fooled. Power play goals do not count to plus minus. And those were five (laughs) of them. So uh, do not be fooled. Um, Okay, so first actual question. Bring back the VTech power play asks, uh, if everyone is healthy, there's no way Hall plays in the playoffs. Is there? Please, God, no more. I don't think so. Like, I mean, we've gone through what the lineup is, and he's seventh or eighth, right? Like, Leafs Nation puts him as seventh or eighth. Keith always puts him in. <laughs> yeah, he's going to play. You're right. He's gonna what am play. I talking about? Yeah. He's going to play. He'll rotate. Uh, next one, Terry Luttrell. Can you please explain to me what is the inciting penalty? LOL, WTF is actually in the rule book. I tried to look up in the rule book. The NHL rule book is not accessible to the public. It's not like something you can just look a PDF yes, up. Is. See, because I couldn't find this. Nerd. 
Joseph. Thanks, Beaver. Um, he has one painted. I'm, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> Nerd alert. I, I may or may not have it saved on my desktop. There you go. <laughs> he's got a hardcover. So, 100% he's got a hardcover. I was looking up. I think it's rule 41G. Ooh, like inciting it, somebody else to um, commit a penalty. Well, the the way it was called, it's actually under rule 75 on sportsmanlike conduct. Okay. Um, and then I think there's... it's just used as like a enough's enough type of call. Like no more bullshit. Like, Basically, I yeah. Under control. I'm glad that they called it while things were already out of control and it did absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm glad they threw a bucket of fire on a burning house ha- or a bucket of water on a burning house. Yeah, they're like the cat bucket in the of hat, grease, you know. <laughs> well, honestly, it's like you tried, but it was way too late and way too little. Yeah. Ugh. Isn't that your favorite song I... this week? Uh Too Little Too Late by JoJo. It's my favorite <laughs> song since it came out. Get out of here. <laughs> It says ringtone. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea, actually. Uh, next one is from Mike at Mike the Fanatic. Are we really that surprised? The Leafs had a chance to clinch something, home ice advantage, and they laid an absolute egg. You blew it. This is an. This is obviously a joke, kind of. Can't wait for Maddie to dunk on Tampa in round one. You're not wrong, Mike. Thanks, thanks for always, always nope. sending it in, Mike. And I mean, that's basically how we felt this whole time. Is this sucks? Um, was kind of teed up to be this outcome and we don't really care. So yeah, great. It was expected and shout out Mike. Appreciate our GIF uh, conversations back and forth all day. (laughs) Uh, Keeps me entertained. Uh, Fadi at Swifter Brax asked who got bonked on the head. That was Perry the platypus who got bonked on the head. (laughs) Boink. Oh God. So uh, that's it for Twitter questions. We've got about eight minutes left here. I know a couple of you have some things you want to touch on before we get out of here. Who wants to go first? Beaner, maybe? Beaner, you take it. I'm I'm sorry. I completely zoned out there. Pod fail. <laughs> today, in, today in hockey history, my friend. History mind. Beaner had yes. a brain fart today. In... <laughs> I did. They they happen quite it's often, actually. Mark it down on the calendar. Um, Oh, it's. I remember you're gonna say. On this day in 1951, the uh, one of the biggest goals in Leafs history and one of the biggest goals in Canadian sports history or Canadian lore, um, Bill Barocco scores the game winner in the Stanley Cup final as the Toronto Maple Leafs defeat the Montreal Canadiens and go on to win the 1951 Stanley Cup. The final Ooh. score was three two. And Barocco scored it at 2.53 of overtime as he was diving through the air from Howie Meeker and Harry Watson. Nice. That's Bash and Bill Barocco, right? They all had cool nicknames back then. Oh, everybody had cool nicknames back then. And And for those who don't know, there is a Tragically Hip song wrote about Mr. Barocco because he actually went missing that summer. When he went to go on a fishing trip with one of his friends and the plane crashed on the way to where they were going and he wasn't found for 10 years. Unreal. Yeah, and that is the inspiration behind Mission 22's accounts, the anniversary between of the date they found Barocco's, um, I believe, I believe his corpse. I, uh, when I was reading up on the article, it was just two skeletons. It's just a sad story. Very, very sad story. Um, his mom actually told him not to go on this trip because his father passed away previously five years uh, ago on a Friday and it ended up being a Friday. He wanted to go on this trip and she got so mad at him. Um, they didn't end up saying bye to each other. So just Aww. sad news. That's terrible. Yeah. And, and the Leafs basically went on what would be considered their first, uh, Stanley cup, uh, drought. You, you may have, you may have, uh, heard of another stanley cup drought that overshadowed it but this was not their first surprisingly (laughs) yeah bill rocco if i'm not mistaken won four cups in within five years he he was on the the stacked um team that the leafs had in the 40s they 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 had a great team you had bill bill barocco you had howie meeker um, you had apps. Conacher was retired at that point. Sorry, I'm just going through it in my head. You had Turk Broda. Like 
just chock full of Hall of Famers. Ted Kennedy had started right around then. Todd Sloan, like it, the team was incredible. Yeah, but to and just oh oh go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say a quick little uh, little thing I want to throw in here. We've talked a lot about teams that are potentially going to be good next year, and one of those teams is the Ottawa Senators. Um, there's some somebody in the Ottawa Senators organization who has made some questionable takes in the past. Uh, one of them was dug up again by our, our own Justin uh, Beaner here. Uh, Pierre Maguire. Pierre Maguire, who has been called the uh, GM in waiting for the Ottawa Senators, was asked in 2013 if Pierre, if uh, Alex Ovechkin was capable of ever scoring 50 goals in a season again. And uh, his answer was no. No, I do not. <laughs> nice take, bud. <laughs> Just horrible. So congratulations to the Ottawa Senators on having a uh, fantastic GM in waiting in Pierre Maguire there. Uh, shout out. Oh my god. Peter McGuire is the only person you're actually kind of like, yo, can you grow like some hair? Because like I've never seen someone look so creepy bald. <laughs> like he's like, like you see that picture of him in a condom on his head? Like, oh man. Like even like a George Costanza, like just grow it out or something. It's like he just doesn't, something just doesn't look right about Peter McGuire. I don't know. Like he's asking some weird questions to Crosby. Like he's got such a, such a hadron collider for uh, Crosby. So at that point, for context, uh, Ovechkin had scored uh, 50 goals, one, two, three, four, four times. And since then, he has scored 50 goals another five times. Yeah. Last night, sinking his 50th goal of the year. Uh, first year since 05-06, we have four players in the league with at least 50 goals in a season. Yeah, and one of them's Chris Kreider, who has 51. Who'd have thunk it? Not me. No one. Absolutely no one. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so, uh, Steph, we'll let you take the next one here. So, to end it off on really exciting news and something we have been kind of postponing for a little while since our 12 days of holiday giveaways was cut short thanks to COVID and all that jazz, but we... Since there are five, well, now four games left in the season, we want to give away this Austin Matthews authentic Adidas jersey. So, yes. ah. That could be a segue (laughs) into another topic, too. So, the rules are very simple. And if you're currently listening, you you have a head start because... How to enter per entry, all you have to do is submit the code word to any one of us and we'll put you down for the draw and to gain more entries. So with the code word, we're going to release it every episode. But if you want more entries, all you have to do is leave us a rating and review or share our episode or, you know, something good. Like prove to us. Why, why do you want another entry? You know, everyone wants a jersey. Come on. But But, just like good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And after the Boston game or maybe the first game of the playoffs, we're going to do a live episode and just release the winner and going to put all the numbers in the randomizer and announce the winner. So, yeah. Yeah. And I want to do it live for the first game of the playoffs there so we can announce the winner live and... So everyone knows there's no shenanigans going on. And uh, like Steph said, randomizer, you can see it happen. And we'll, uh, we'll draw a winner. It'll be fun. Yes. Still figuring out the technicals behind us doing a live show. But uh, we'll get there. Don't worry. So we got for time. our f- we got time. first code word, drum roll, please. Barocco. The guy we just talked about. B-A-R-I-L-K-O. Send us, Barocco, to any DMs, Insta, Twitter, Discord, whatever. As long as you send us the code word, you will be entered for one entry into our draw for the Austin Matthews jersey. So, fun stuff. Again, that is Barocco, B-A-R-I-L-K-O. A-A-R-A. Great. 
A A R D V A R K. That's what it was. I was wondering what that was from. I, I think I was like, is that Arthur? I don't know. <laughs> it is. Shout out. Well, I didn't learn how to fucking oh spell God. it, so it didn't do me any good. <laughs> Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Oh, my God. <laughs> Beaner's kids are still watching that, so he's like, oh, no, not another round. Yeah. What are we doing? Still on oh, TV. God. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, I, think I, I think it's just recently ended. ended. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my, my kid's more into Camp Cretaceous, the Jurassic World cartoon. So I'm I'm happy about that. I just want to let the viewers oh, know that we lost Southey in the first kind of two quarters of the show because he was busy paying off his gambling debts. No, that was that was just the cat the cat knocking at the door to be let back in off the uh, balcony balcony again. He bet he no, bet his God cat. bless Canadian <laughs> internet because there's nothing you'll pay more for a worse service. Canadian that's cell what, service is right up there. I was just yeah, going to say that's second. what living in Canada is: bad cell service, bad internet, bad TV, regional blackouts. Yeah, we like bad to use right. tax dollars. Shout out our sponsor NHL sixty six for uh, keeping us uh, in the loop. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna reach out to them about sponsoring and, us. Uh, ESPN for keeping us keeping us point. out of the loop in the sense that uh, they're so garbage. <laughs> Just yeah, keeping they, us on our toes. They had they had the wrong penalty minutes number at the end of the game, and that was on the live broadcast. That wasn't even their stats, so no wonder their stats are bad. Jeez, how many games now? Hey, sh- shout out to Charles Barkley for basically guaranteeing the Leafs win the first round. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's amazing, right? Because Charles Barkley knows so much about hockey, but I'll take it anyway. He he actually knows quite a bit. He's a he's a very big hockey fan. Oh, is he? Usually yeah. those the basketball guys all joke about how they're like, all right, um, it's played on the ice. <laughs> and uh... no, Bark. I can't remember what team he was playing for at the time because I'm not a huge basketball fan. But one of the teams he was on, he ended up getting pretty close with some of the hockey players that were in that city and fell in love with the game. Nice. Speaking of, Raptors uh, lost to the 76ers again to go down 3 nothing in the series, unfortunately. In overtime, they held the lead the entire game, and unfortunately, uh, Philly tied it up at the end, and Embiid hits a three-pointer to win it. So, uh, With 0.9 seconds left, how does that yeah. happen? Not good news for the Raps, unfortunately. Hopefully things are looking brighter for the Leafs and even brighter for the Jays as they are still starting off pretty hot. So that was a good point. Uh, Steph brought up, but she kind of was wondering what was going on with the Raptors. Like, you know, as a, someone who's maybe listening to the show and is, you know, oh, what, what is going on? I'm not a huge NBA fan, but, you know, Toronto's Toronto, right? Uh, so, Steph, you asked, uh, you know, put this into perspective in yeah. hockey terms. What's going on here? And I kind of said... The Raptors are good enough to make the playoffs. They're just not good enough to win. Uh, kind of similar to last year with St. Louis versus Colorado, right? It was just kind of like a, a match made for you guys to lose. Like the 76ers, you know, they've got a lot of good, strong players. And the Raptors, unfortunately, just kind of, they're great. They're a great team, but uh, they don't have the same level of uh, cohesiveness that uh, the 76ers have. Yeah, uh, thank you to everyone on Twitter who responded to that tweet and put it all out in hockey terms. I now fully understand the whole painted picture in hockey terms only. And I learned a lot today, so thanks again. And yeah, shout out to Gary Trent Jr., who played with a fever the whole week and lost eight pounds so far during this series. Oh, boy. Yeah. And despite being in a walking boot, apparently Scotty Barnes is planning on playing game four. Ooh. Oh, God. In his boot. Well, I don't in know if he'll be wearing that for the game, but... He has to put Yeah, on. Steph, for, it, basically it's that the, the championship team they had, they lost... The, they don't have the stars from that team anymore. It's all the young guys that are taking over and kind of managed to make their way in because their first-round pick from last year... Turned out really well, unexpectedly, the first season. But now he got hurt in this playoff run. So along with Thaddeus Young, so it's it sucks. Scotty Barnes needs those. Um, if he's gonna wear a boot, it has to be the ones with the springs, so he can just bounce along <laughs> them. A, a moon boot. The moon boots. Moon shoes. Hey Beaner. 
Shout out to yes. Arthur again. So um, last, I guess it would be our last point. So he had it today in hockey history. Now I was, you know, I, I always like to, to wick, wiki these things when anytime someone brings anything up on the show, because uh, I like to, to learn a little uh, f- thing or two. And uh, this day, I guess, Darty learned in hockey history that uh, the Hollywood Wolves were the Toronto Maple Leafs minor league affiliate from 1944 until 1947. And I'm talking about Hollywood freaking California. That's how you oh keep Austin Matthews, you know, staying forever. <laughs> Let him know that, hey, if you want to take a break, just go play some games in Hollywood. All right. He, he, he would gladly go down the minors for a game or two just to spend some time, you know, hobnobbing with the uh, with the beebs and, uh <laughs> You know, out on the boulevard. People people wondered, like, uh, if you weren't a massive hockey fan back in the day when they did the initial expansion, people wondered why, like, the Kings would get a team. And it's, like, hockey had been there for quite a while. Like, that, you're you're talking about Barocco when he was in the minors. Yeah. And it, so he was in the minors in, like, the 40s. So you had a, it wasn't professional, like it wasn't NHL quality, but you had a ice hockey team in California in the 40s. And almost nobody knows that. Like it's, when you start doing deep dives into it, it's actually pretty amazing. Some of the cities and some of the places that have had teams for years and years and years that nobody knows about. Yeah, I mean, that's why Batman's so adamant on keeping Arizona going is because they have such a strong junior program and people like hockey there. It's just they can't find a competent owner for the fucking team to save their lives. Oh wait, anybody who's still uh, up TV right contracts. now, let's finish on that. All right, what do you guys think? Arizona, one hundred and five dollars just to get through the gates. Yay or nay? Like that team is folding, right? No, in order to break even on their new stadium, they need to charge like three hundred and something dollars. It's insane. Christ. So next up, we've got a back-to-back: Florida and Washington, Saturday and Sunday, both seven PM games. Thank the Lord. Um, what do we uh, What are we thinking here? This is a tough back-to-back. Um, Shalgren will probably play Sunday against Washington, so that's another test for him before the end of the season. Probably his last game. Um, I'm predicting Florida Leafs win, Washington Leafs lose. Yep, and then round out the season with two wins against Detroit and Boston. Yeah, that's that sounds about right, I think. Would love to pull the win against Florida, especially after that last 7-6 OT loss. Yeah, Indeed. and especially after this game, the Leafs are going to come out pissed. Uh, Austin should be back. I think it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So, I hope it's low scoring. Dirty. But... Unconvinced. I'm unc- I'm unconvinced. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards the side of the the shit slide will continue until we play Boston. I'm sorry, guys. I just it's not because I have any issues with the Leafs. I just think there's there's things that need to be sorted out. I think they're gonna play some wonky games, and uh, I don't think Shalgren's bad. I just think that like these are the moments for us to lose. We need to. Lo- I'd rather lo- I'd rather us lose now, experimenting and continuing to experiment. Um, like I'm sure they'll try to try Paul Brody one more time. One more time. Oh, yeah, they'll play it together against Detroit, I'm sure. All right, well, let's sign it off there. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a retweet. uh, Give us the code word if you want to be entered to win the Austin Matthews jersey. Thank you, Steph, for that. The code word again is Barilco. And uh, tune in. We'll probably do, do a Saturday night for Florida, but then we'll lump Washington and Detroit together on Tuesday because of back-to-back. So stay tuned for that. We're out. Good night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Join the Discord. Kucherov's dirty.